Welcome, welcome to the Cave of Wonders, the land of mystery, otherwise known as the weekly catch-up of a couple of nerds. I'm Maddie, an engineering student and a techie, and this is Belle, our local Disney nerd. Hello! We've still got our training wheels on, so if we get any of our facts wrong or you want to join in the discussion, you can find us on Instagram at DisNerdTechie or use the hashtag DisNerdTechie. Let's jump right into the podcast. So we'll be starting off with our moment of magic. Bring. Okay. Um, so this week we went to the Powerhouse Museum, had uh, a Star Wars exhibit called Star Wars Identities Exhibit, and we'll be giving our review of the whole um, experience. It's a very interesting way of doing it. Like for a museum, norm- so in a museum normally you expect to see – you you learn about things, right? And normally when you learn about, say, I don't know, I've I've seen like there's a Princess Diana exhibit, you learn about her life, you learn about things about it. Um or you, but this one you were learning about the film, but the the whole Star Wars universe beyond the films even, the Clone Wars I think they touched yeah. on. Yeah. But it goes beyond that into yourself. Yeah, I think it was a bit more like um psychology of star wars or identities it was it was very much focused on the psychology of identities and then using star wars as a medium of explaining that and they had a lot of um uh props and concept arts from the original film um but it seemed equally to be focused on the whole creating of identity and that kind of um concept and how you, as a person, become who you are, how you're influenced, how you come to be you and how you come to make decisions in life. That's all influenced by a lot of things. And you see that through the Star Wars universe characters, your Luke Skywalker or uh, your Anakin Skywalker. They, they're the main emphasis in this exhibit. But yeah. see how they they there are similarities and differences between characters and how they become who they are and who you see on yeah, screen. Yeah, it was more a compare and contrast with Anakin to Luke and how each of their identities were formed um, throughout their lives and how even though they had some similarities, it's their divergences that made them different in their personalities and who they are as people, which I thought was an interesting concept. Mm. Um, well, we'll... When we first came in to the exhibit, do you want to walk them through, like, the whole experience? Briefly we could. Yeah, did, briefly. Did, like, a brief summary of, like, what it entailed. Uh, it's most it, – it's kind of a combination of seeing film clips and concept art and um, props from the film, costumes of the film. But they start you off kind of um, 
They, they start you off checking your. They have a what's it called? It a earpiece audio. audio you, when you go to certain sections of the exhibits, you hear the piece of audio. So if you go near, um, for instance, what's a good example? Um, some of they the, had some concept art. Yeah, for some of the characters. For like Jabba the Hutt. And so they'd talk. You'd hear about Jabba the Hutt and how he came to be a little bit. While you're looking at concept art, um, some leftover of the original puppet, some of the uh, what was it? There was a, a model, model, early yeah, model, model, concept art, that sort of stuff. But they take they take you through it that way, um, and you progress. the The way the exhibit progresses is through there's a, there's a ten. It's like a ten step system of how you form your identity. Yeah, yeah, and um, they give you basically wristbands, and so you can select each part of your character so like throughout this whole exhibit you're also making a character so it's not just you observing people in the star wars universe you're a character that's how they yeah you're making a character you are the person in the universe yeah so like the first stand was like choosing your race and they had like um human wookie ewok (laughs) they had a whole lot twills yeah, lots and lots of species of like in the within the Star Wars universe. So you could then select what species you were. And then they had a lot of um props and stuff from like the cantina, they had some droids. So it was all about all focused on like the different aliens and stuff within the Star Wars universe. And then you would move on to the next section which was focused on another aspect. Hmm. Um and then there was like the last section which was focused on the light side of the force and the dark side of the force. They had the whole big Darth Vader display and everything. And with the lights, it was quite a good, I I must say it was quite an enjoyable experience. The recommended walkthrough time was, I think they said 90 minutes, but we ended up spending about two hours in there. <laughs> if not more. <laughs> if not more. But that was because we kind of, we spent our time looking at each of the Star Wars props and things and, taking photos and walking along. We really took our time. Um, But I'm sure if you, like, ran through it, you could totally get it done in 90 minutes. Yeah. Even under. Yeah, so it wasn't – I feel like it wasn't jam-packed with props and stuff, but it was was good. It was – There was a lot There was a lot. There was a lot. It was a good amount. It was very well curated. So I've been to – in Melbourne, they have – um the they have a film museum it's similar to the powerhouse but it's got a lot more focus on film and stuff Ah. so the powerhouse is focused on art design film but also sciences and stuff Mm. um so the melbourne museum is a lot more focused on film and everything and i found uh, at the Melbourne Museum, it was it has a similar interactiveness as the powerhouse, but every every stand is just packed with all these different like props and different things and everywhere. Mm. It's just jam packed. But um, I found with this, it was a it was a curated experience. It kind of almost felt like going through an art museum, mm. where each piece is delicately put on display, not like thrown together and everything. Yeah, and um. Like it was, it was quite good. Yeah, yeah. the entire yeah the t- entire thing, the entire experience felt like it 
was meant for a museum, I guess. Like, it's not not in a bad way, like, oh, that's, that's museum Boring. artifacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, in terms of the the learning experience. Yeah, like, I felt like I learnt stuff. <laughs> like, I was going in just expecting to see um, the props and, like, how – and, like, just looking at the details about how it was made and noticing things and, like, uh, I find always when I look at um, – costumes and things the first thing i realize is how tall or how short a character oh. is <laughs> like r2d2 they had a they had the costume version of r2d2 so there's the remote controlled versions of r2d2 that was used in the films there's also a version of r2d2 which has a person that sits in there mm. and uses it as a costume that was quite large massive it was it was quite big and even some of the characters, like some of the stormtroopers. No, not some of the characters. All of the characters. All of the characters were pretty tall. I must say, Star Wars is just a universe of really tall people. <laughs> or just good optical illusion when they've got the, the they got a little step <laughs> slightly taller than everyone, everyone else. Everyone looks really tall. Except like, Darth Vader was on like a good a good ruler length. <laughs> yeah. Podium. Of a podium. But I'm pretty sure the actor for Darth Vader is pretty tall anyway. But... Yeah. Uh, I I think I got to a certain point. I was looking at the the um what's it when Luke Skywalker's at the um at the Death Star and he's shooting at the Death Star in the original film and he had they had the pilot the pilot suit. They had that one in there and I was looking at it and it looked really, really tall and I'm like, How tall is Mark Hamill? Google Mark Hamill is like one point seven five. I'm like, no way that's one point seven five. That's too tall. <laughs> it must have been some other pilot. <laughs> Is that? I'm sure it said it was. It was his. I'm pretty sure it said it was Luke's. That's why I was really so confused. Tall. That's why I looked it up because I'm like that. There's the helmet doesn't add very much, but it does look so tall. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. And I, the the other thing that I always notice is shoes because you never see shoes in a film. Yeah. Well, like you barely. And so, like looking at their feet, I'm like, oh, that's what your shoes look like, but. Yeah, it was really interesting. And I think the whole interactive aspect would also help if you had, like, young kids. Mm. So there were there were a couple of kids that went through when we – we went off in an on the off season, mm. like, during the week. Mm. Um, so there were not a lot of children and stuff. I'm sure on the weekends it's packed. Mm. Um, but, I could, like, there were a couple of little kids and they were having a blast, like, <laughs> picking their characters and, like, running through and their parents were able to enjoy the exhibit. The kids were like, oh, what's this? What's this? And they, they had a fun time, it seemed like. We had a fun time. So, <laughs> overall, I would rate – well, we rate the cost to exhibit ratio. It, beforehand, Before, we, we weren't we keen a, on the cost. The cost is a bit expensive. We're still not keen, but it, it it it's. I think it's the cost is slightly more worthwhile because it's not just the it's not just seeing the props and everything from yeah, the film. It's, it's also the experience and yeah. the interactivity and like it's just got an extra level to it. Like we, um, you were saying before, you just learned like you thought it was just learning about the props and how they made the film, but it was also learning about the characters. What sort of traits did they have? What sort of backstory did they have how did they become the person they were how how were they formed and then how it kind of translates to also to you how did 
you become the person you are. Yeah. I think it was just it's just a nicely done experience. It's just very different. Yeah. And add an extra level. Add, yeah. I feel like I've done a beginner's course in like psychology or something. <laughs> Basically, a beginner's course or something. Um, and they did it well and in an yeah. informative manner. Yeah, and I think it was good how they the concession ticket was also not the concession ticket the general administ general. So you could go to both um, the Star Wars exhibit and then general purpose going yeah, to the general powerhouse. general admission. General yeah. admission. That's what it's called go to the rest of the powerhouse museum which is so usually the general admission is like eight dollars mm. so then if you minus that from the star wars exhibit it ends up being around 20 something dollars for australian yeah 24 australian dollars which is it's it's okay <laughs> it's it wasn't as expensive as going to like sea life or the zoo <laughs> or like taronga zoo and this is a more exclusive experience, one yeah. could say. Yeah, like this doesn't limited. come. This doesn't come around often. Yeah, it's a once in a year experience. Interestingly, though, you've been noting um, that they didn't have anything from the, the two n- more recent films, or even like so, nothing from seven and eight, nothing from Solo. Not that I don't think had, people really care. Yeah, and <laughs> not nothing, many from Rogue One, no, which would have been good. From Rogue One, yeah. I would have thought there would be something from Rogue One. They had one BB-8. That was it. They mm-hmm. had one BB-8, and that was the only acknowledgement of the new trilogy. Mm. Just the one. Just just BB-8. They didn't have any Rogue One. They didn't have any Han Solo. Of course, they wouldn't have any Han Solo. Well, they, they've got original Han Solo. They have original okay. Han Solo. They have original Han Solo in, yeah. in, in um, what's it called? The, in, oh, the, the. Carbonite. That's the one. Um, I was actually surprised they had a couple of um, Star Wars Clone Wars mm. um, concept drawings up, and they had a little section for Ahsoka, yeah. which was, I was pretty happy with. Love Ahsoka. Ahsoka <laughs> Tana from Clone Wars. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a funny feeling it, it could be based on what sort of... Um, was available? Yeah, what was available and what they needed for the story, t- uh, for the telling of the 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 exhibit story. Yeah. So like they had a they had a part where they were looking at mentors and the importance of mentors in influencing your life. Um so for Luke they had Yoda, so they had the Yoda, the original Yoda, which is so cool. Um and so they're like, so what are we gonna do for, for Anakin to contrast that? And they could have done Obi Wan realistically, but I don't know if he had another section. Did he, he? they had a bit of Obi Wan around but what was he putting in terms of the st- He was he was putting as a mentor for Luke. Was he in mentor? Maybe he was. He was putting as a mentor for Luke. They did have his um robes. Yeah, that is that. And there the was robes. a clip about him and everything. I think they yeah. had Obi-Wan Kenobi as mentors. But I don't know if he went Oh, maybe he didn't go in the, I don't know. Yeah. I could have remembered it incorrectly, but I know Ahsoka was there. Yeah, and, like, they had a couple of sketches from Clone Wars. Like, they had a sketch from of the em- Emperor mm. from Clone Wars. They had Ahsoka. I think they had an, they had a Anakin um, clay mannequin mm. and an Ahsoka clay mannequin from Clone Wars. For lighting purposes. For lighting purposes. Um, and they also... Also, what I found really interesting was some of the concept art from um, the original trilogy mm-hmm. for um, Chewie <laughs> um, is really similar to one of the characters from Rebels. 
mm. like looked really similar to um the Lasalt um Lasalt character. Uh, Lasalt character. What's his name again? Not that they said this in the exhibit. No, not just, that they said this in the exhibit. Just they actually it didn't, they didn't acknowledge Rebel Star was Rebels. Um, oh, I found his name. Okay, uh, Zeb from Star Wars Rebels. Mm. I can see that a little bit. They were saying it had like a monkey vibe or something. So yeah. Like, not that I saw the monkey bit in it, but I I can I remember the 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 face they were showing for one of che- in one of Chewie's pieces of concept art. Yeah. It does look similar. Which does look similar. I think it's the whole monkey aspect. Mm. I think I have to look into it. I'm they might have been inspired by um some of the original concept art because I know um a lot of the animation, like when they add new stuff in, a lot of it is then inspired from concept art and stuff that was in pre-production for the original trilogy or the prequels. Mm. Yeah. Like the latest series, Starkiller Base, Luke Starkiller. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, I, I found it interesting that they just kind of ignored the new trilogy. Maybe it's because the new trilogy is less defined. Mm. And they wanted key moments and key defined points. Yeah, and they haven't like they haven't finished it. They yeah. haven't bookended it, so they can't really. Compare. They can't really compare. Like you could potentially see down the line, maybe they have a um, a Ray versus um, Kylo Ren sort of exhibit, perhaps. Perhaps a little bit. There'd probably be a little bit less, just because it's three films versus six films of development. Yeah, but they are both kind of developed in the same three films so maybe i don't yeah. know maybe maybe also depends on their popularity yeah it's all about true. The money. <laughs> um and how many um how many artifacts they got oh they'd have they'd have props they'd have props maybe not as many puppets they did make a lot yeah but maybe not as much and the original like ships then mm. yeah because they were all like stop motion and stuff in the original trilogy yeah. the um battles the ship battles and everything yeah stuff they're all there yeah. i was about to say starfleet <laughs> from star trek <laughs> been watching a bit of star trek lately <gasps> you've gone to the dark side no <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you noticed throughout the whole exhibit when they were like species human <laughs> human in deep space nine star trek like one of the characters is a ferengi and instead of saying humans they say human <laughs> human Oh man, <laughs> don't trust them humans. Um, yeah, see, this is why I chose Ewok. <laughs> Ewok. Um, I think we're done for the moment of magic. We'll move on to the next segment, or is yep. there anything else you want to add? It was great. If you have the time, definitely check it out. Ten out of ten would go again. Mm. Maybe even nine out of ten. Nah, I, nine out of I, ten. I, there, maybe go were again. There, were, there, were there any critiques? Only that they wrote. A her instead of a oh, him on grammatical, one. That grammatical was, mistake on one of Luke's um character profile things. That's that's literally it. Everything else is really nice. Yeah. So like a nine point nine out of ten. Nine point nine out of ten. You know? <laughs> Would probably go again. <laughs> Just to re experience it. Re experience it. Probably would go again. <laughs> um so will we go to our tech segment? Yep. Sounds good with me. Well, you know what they say. The future has arrived. 
The future has arrived today. Has hey. arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Meet the Robinsons. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so this topic for today, um, I think we're going to talk about um, AI. Yeah. But specifically um, AI uh, mimicking humans and replicating people. And this is not just kind of howdy doody, oh, AI is going to take over the world. It's like, no, there's there's actual stuff happening in the last month or so in terms of AI, human-looking animatronic. Could deep, you call it an animatronic? Deep, deep fake, mm. I think is the term um has been going around. But um, it's more like a CGI puppet. But is it CGI? Because that's more 3D. Like, it's computer-animated, not... Real but it's CGI, rendered. but then um, has AI aspects. Mm. But if it's like a real life, like if it's a real life looking human sort of thing, how is that CGI? As in like movie CGI should we, should sort we of. Explain what we're talking about. Yeah, I need. <laughs> what are we? What are we talking about, Belle? Which, uh, so where this is getting to is there's um, in China they've got a news anchor that's uses artificial intelligence now so it's 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 technically it's a robot but it looks like a news anchor over there they've they've made it is it physical um, i thought it i I, thought it was physical oh i thought it was cgi let me check oh i must have skim read that article (laughs) because i know that um there's there's an algorithm called deepfake where if you get enough images and videos of a person, you can basically fake their um, what they look like and put your own words into them and, you know, identity theft, basically. Create a video of someone without them ever being there in the room or – and I – yeah – or ever giving the, they could without them ever giving you their permission. Mm. We were on the topic of Star Wars, for example, um, in Rogue One, General Tarkin, the actor, is completely CGI, right? Mm. Reconstructed completely. from stills and videos and stuff, and the and I, I guess de aging, de aging of a lot of um, actors has also begun in films. <laughs> With CGI, I don't. I don't know. If this is good or bad. I don't know, but it's like happening. So that basically the likeness of actors are immortalized, mm. and directors can put whatever they want, get them to say whatever they want. Which is not good if you would have been against saying that. Yeah, I think in films and stuff, because it's for entertainment purposes. And it's more a character. There's less. There's it's it's seems okay-ish. There's it's a bit more gray. It's a bit more on the white side of the gray. I see this as a huge problem with like fake news and stuff. For mm-hmm. example, if you had a fake version of uh, Obama or any political figure, Donald Trump or I don't know. Dalai Lama <laughs> saying one thing, even though they've ne- they they've never said that. 
And then that gets then just spread out to all news sources that don't realize it's fake. And then you get fake news. It's hard, yeah. It's hard to be like, oh no, 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 that wasn't me, because then that it just gets me. spread beyond. Yeah. So I feel like we're not at the stage yet where it's completely indistinguishable. Well, for example, this news anchor guy. Mm. I feel like his movements, his movements look very realistic. Coming back to that, he is a meant to be a robot. That's oh, he's, he's meant a, to robot, be a robot. Robot. So he's physical. Mm. That's actually incredible because his movements look very realistic. Mm. The only thing that didn't seem very realistic was his voice. Yeah. It was a bit robotic. It was a little bit male Siri. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't even Alexa level. Like Alexa and Google Home, Google, I don't know, Google Voice, is that what it's called? Uh, Google hey, Home. Google. Probably Google Home. Google Home. Google Home and Alexa have a pretty good voice. <laughs> and I feel like his voice was not on their level. Yeah. Siri's voice is pretty annoying. I'm sorry, Siri. <laughs> hey, Alexa. <laughs> Subscribe to Disney and Techie. Please, please. <laughs> okay, so verifying some stuff. He is a robot. Yeah. Um, there's doubts that have now come out since the original article was published. Um, as to whether it's truly AI. But then they're, they're saying that it's probably some form of machine learning, which is a form of AI anyway, which kind of refutes that. But but they, they, um, they do critique whether or not it's actually writing its own scripts because it claims that it's taken all this live broadcasting, um, like it's, it's, it's observed other news anchors to kind of make oh, its mimic. own yeah. yeah to make its own content which they reckon we're not at the point of doing just yet cuz this it sounds a bit too good in terms of the, of content of yeah, content not yeah. necessarily his voice no the voice not the voice saying. not the expression but the all yeah the expressions that he's saying well the expressions and stuff that he's saying does sound very realistic he does the whole news spiel and everything mm. um I guess you could get there through machine learning. Is it is he machine learning through scripts or machine learning through audio? Because I feel like that's two different challenges. If you're machine learning through scripts, possibly could be easier. But then if you're machine learning through audio, you then have to work out accent. You have to work out how you're going to express it, your inflection. Like all of that then changes and complicates it a lot. Mm. And then getting a clear phrasing out of that and not gerbil is a is a mm. it's an excellent feat of technology mm. um allegedly he he um it's it could be that he mimics that he mimics other news readers in terms of how they speak but he still gets fed the content by whoever's giving him the content yeah. like normal newsroom would do yeah. anyway i think in the future, artificial intelligence is going to supplement every single, every single industry in every single field. In some way. In yeah. some way. I think already, or is this in the future, not being implemented, um, of artificial intelligence being used to generate news articles. Mm. Like, you know, like the really basic news articles, like a fire occurred at this location this happened, this happened, 
police officer Jeff said blah blah blah. Mm. So if you give it the if you give it if, the information that it will just know. spit out yeah a news article like a really generic news article. So with news agencies, they because on the twenty four um, hour news cycle, they've got to just spit out the information like boom, 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 boom. They just mm. keep going. So if your human can't write as quickly, but Jeff the AI can, Jeff the AI is going to be writing all your quick, fast articles, mm. and you're going to leave your more opinion pieces to and your more um, flamboyant um, work to humans. Mm. So that's going to then reduce the amount of people that you employ, but the people that you do keep on are going to be doing more um, interesting stuff and more creative mm. stuff. And there's probably going to be some opening for anyone displaced in some other industry, which is how it usually like advancements and um, um, and the like sort of work out. Yeah. If if technology is advanced to the point where people aren't needed for that job as much as before, there's yeah. generally something else where their skills they would can, be useful yeah. or they'd be able to upskill slightly. Yeah. And do yeah. that. Same thing as like the industrial revolution. Mm. Yeah. So all these machineries got rid of a whole bunch of work but also increased jobs in other sectors. Yeah. Um really interesting I've been reading some scientific reports about uh using artificial intelligence and machine learning to identify different types of um diseases and cancers. Mm. So right now, for example, you'll get your um, for example, for like a breast cancer, you'll get your, what is it called, mammogram. Mm. Um, and from the mammogram, the doctor or specialist or whoever's looking at it will have to then identify, look at the image and go, okay, this here is the cancer, like from the lump or whatever, mm. from whatever comes up on the image. So they've been training machine learning algorithms to then do that. Mm. And they've also... There's also been, um, and they've also tested it with, I think, uh, tuberculosis, identifying tuberculosis from from scans and stuff. Yeah. And so using machine learning to help then assist doctors Mm. in diagnosing. Mm. um, Because on a lot of those scans, it's very difficult to see, like, some type of things. And if the doctor doesn't pick it up. You really do need to pick it up. You do need to pick it up. So I can see AI then assisting, probably not replacing doctors, but, but definitely assisting them yeah. and like maybe highlighting an area and saying, ooh, this area seems like there might be something. What do you think? You get a second opinion. And um, another scientific article it was about breast cancer was um, also trying to work out based on the visual aspects and the information about the patient. Mm trying to get um trying to recommend the best form of treatment mm-hmm. and this um machine learning algorithm ended up coming up with a lot of like pretty good treatments like treatments that the doctor would recommend so in different circumstances you would recommend different types of treatments whether that be surgery or chemotherapy or like etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah but the um scientific report did say that like you know despite the AI being able to do a lot of the jobs, you still need a human there yep. to deliver the information. Like, can you imagine, like, how, like, how, like, humans need 
another person to speak to in that in that circumstance. Mm. Mm. Especially if you're getting the news, oh, you have cancer and you've got to get this treatment. Like, can you imagine if you got it from a piece of paper or from an AI rather no. than a human? No. So people are still needed in those types of jobs to communicate the information but mm. also offer a second opinion. But the art of I, I see AI as a really interesting tool, but it cannot be seen as infallible or the be all end all. It's more yeah. like a second opinion. So, like, I can see this being really helpful in, like, rural communities and stuff mm. where you don't have a lot of doctors. So if you want a second opinion, it's a bit harder or you have to send an email or you don't have – or if you're just starting out, mm. you're able to then get a second opinion from a machine learning algorithm which has then gathered the collective knowledge from all these doctors and all these specialists mm. over time by learning from them. So it's like you're getting second advice from like a hundred different people <laughs> rather than just one or like 10,000 different people. Yeah. So I see, yeah, I see AI being a great tool in like different aspects and stuff. But it also um, in other aspects poses a challenge. Like the news anchor, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, did you have any inputs? You've just been sitting there listening. Well, it's been enjoyable listening. Enjoy, enjoyable listening. I hope our listeners have an enjoyable listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know I was looking at, I'm like, what's AI? And they're like, machine learning is one form of AI. And I'm like, what's other forms? Well, and you can like Machine learning is one form of AI. It's the most popular form. And what other forms are there? So machine learning is basically, it gets a lot of information and it learns based on the repetition. Mm. So... You feed it a hundred different faces and then it learns what a face looks like. Yeah. But you can have different types of, um, that are based on different algorithms. For example, uh, I don't know what the, the technical name is. I know it, but I'm just a bit brain dead at the moment. Um, but basically it's based off evolution. So mm. it's like they fight. Mm. So for example, you would have, it would generate like two different designs and then it would have them compare against each other on effectiveness. And then it would replicate the next one. So, for example, a lot of the walking walking simulation, like walking um, artificial... The, a lot of the... Ma- machine when you, machine you learning is a blanket term. But there are different like aspects and different yeah. types. But it's still like... And it you is, can use different combinations. But it's literally everything. just teaching itself. That's all it is. Yeah. Because an aspect of AI is it its ability to learn how to learn. Yeah. But if you're going into the code, there's definitely different approaches. So the evolutionary aspect, it would then breed, it would mutate, basically. Mm. It would mutate and then it would continue breeding, breeding. The aspect which is you want more, that, more of that characteristic. Mm. So for a walking one... If it um, had long legs, uh, if you wanted it to design something that could walk, mm. it might generate five legs, six legs, and three legs. Mm. And it works out which one is the best in that environment, the simulated environment you've given it. And then it will it'll continue generating and then mutate and then generate and then mutate. It keeps until you get to the end point. And you're just like, okay, stop. I think I'm happy. 
So generative design works a bit like that as well, with different options. But um, I'm going to be honest, I know a little bit about artificial intelligence. I know conceptually how it works, kind of, more or less. But I haven't done a lot of coding with it yet. I haven't yeah. played around with it in the code yet. Um, it's something definitely on my to-do list. Mm. I've just been a bit um, preoccupied <laughs> with my 3D printer. <laughs> I think we'll call it a day. Yeah. Do you think we should call it a day? Low energy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the Star Wars exhibit takes a lot out of you, let's just say. Yeah, it's because we did lots of walking. <laughs> yeah not a lot of sleep (laughs) yeah let's let's finish up the show thank you for choosing to give us your ears i hope you all enjoyed geeking out with us keep dreaming keep moving forward and stay nerdy yeah